Welcome to the broadcast, everybody. My, I am your host today. My name is Maggie Cavanaugh, and I have the beautiful Johanna Nacken with me today. And Johanna is more than just some person I'm interviewing. She is a dear friend of mine that I absolutely adore. And I can't believe it's taken me so long to get her. We're both so busy with our schedules, you know, for both yes. of us to meet up and talk about her book that came out, what, over, what, 18 months ago? Yes. Yeah. It's amazing how time flies. I know. So welcome to the show, Jojo. Thank you. Thank you. It's Y'all call to be her here. Johanna. Okay. She's my friend. I'll call her Jojo. No. <laughs> welcome to the broadcast. So I'm so excited that you're here today because your book is impacting a lot of lives because it gives a message of hope. It gives a message of healing. And it mostly to me, it gives a message of just being real to your story who you are, how God created you, and, and even imparting that onto the next legacy. Mm -hmm. So Jojo, what encouraged you, or Johanna, what encouraged you to write the story? I mean, I know, but we, the viewers want to know. Well, I, you know, I have the, the famous great-grandfather, J. Wilbur Chapman, and he wrote so many beautiful hymns that we still sing today. And I thought it would be really good to get his story back into um kind of like into public domain, it would be um, a really good time to bring back some history and especially church history. So I just started researching more about his life. My mom had uh, so many of his original books and artifacts and was handing those down to me. And she said, uh, why don't you start writing a book about it? And I thought, well, that's a really good idea. And so the more I researched, uh, the more impacted I was by his life. This would be in 1910, 1915, so a hundred years before. Uh, and thinking about, I started this process in 2015 and 2016. And so it really was a century before the history of Dwight L. Moody and um, Edward Kimball and Billy Sunday and Mordecai Ham. And then I realized the connection between all of those men and my great grandfather, Jay Wilbur, but all of those great men had an impact on Billy Graham and his salvation. So it was like this lineage of, of just powerful men of God uh, who then impacted my life uh, through their books and their sermons and their stories. And so I had a unique perspective because I was related to one of those men. And it turned out when I started to research Jay Wilbur's life, I saw so many similarities in our culture today in, in 2017, 2018, 2019, all the way up until 2021 today, these days. And I thought this has to be a story that's worth telling because I think honestly, the best stories and, and the stories that survive time are the ones that relate to all of us. Yes. They're just the ones that they could have been written 500 years ago and we, it still resonates in our soul. And so that really, it was me wanting to expose a beautiful life, but then I realized um, that there was a part of my own story attached to his story. And I began to tell my own, you know how I wove in my own story in the book. Um, and so, yeah, that's really how it began was Jay Wilbur's story. I love how God used their stories to pull things up out of you, to, to give you the courage to just talk, you know, cause you're already a bold woman for Christ. You've been a worship leader over the years. You've spoken, you and I have spoken on several mm -hmm. platforms together and you've never held back about your passion for the Lord, but to use it in the art of writing, because we know you're an educator yes. uh, and to take 
story from over, you know, a century ago and your story and see the similarities is impactful. Mm. I, I really feel strongly that it's important for us to not only look at our, uh, you know, our, our legacy, you know, where we came from, you know, what we're putting forth, but where we've been in our, in our genealogy. So was it shocking to you? Anything that you found during that time compared, you know, let's compare it to the modern day church. Yeah. And to where they were in their passion for the Lord. Well, I found there were so many th little nuggets, uh, big nuggets too, that I found. But one of the things I was shocked by was his incredible loss. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I just, you know, when you go back and you think about, I guess, or we hear stories of our great grandparents and grandparents, we don't always hear, you know, the whole story. We might hear maybe the better parts because no one wants to be remembered for, you know, their less than stellar parts. <laughs> sure. But, I remember reading about his devotion uh, to the Lord at the same time that one wife died and then another wife died and then a child died and, yeah. and, and his own struggles with health. And I thought he is, he's more passionate as I read through all of his books from a certain time to, you know, a 15 year time period that he was writing, you could see the evolution of his, his faith it got stronger in the midst of suffering. And I thought, well, that's, that's weird because in our culture, we think that, that we have to avoid suffering at all costs. So <laughs> we just numb ourselves to suffering. And what I found in the writing of that story uh, was that God actually wants to use the pain to propel us forward into our purpose. That's probably the biggest takeaway and then as I started to recount my own story in my own life, I saw how I had kind of pushed under the rug some of the darker parts of my story because I thought those weren't the parts that people wanted to hear about. Mm -hmm. And then the revelation that those are the parts that people need to hear about because they have the same story and they're afraid to tell it. Mm. So it was like this courage to to tell you know the the parts of our stories that that we don't always think people want to hear but they're the very things that can set people free oh, does that yes. make sense total sense to me because you and i have been walking this freedom walk for quite yes. a while yes. and, and we do have a level of transparency and i know the different times that i have um been in ministry with you over the years, whether you be leading worship or you speaking, I always find another little snippet or a little reflection of my friend Johanna that I didn't know before. And I remember the first time I heard you uh, talk about, you know, when you were younger and having to have surgery mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that, I mean, surgery for a kid is a lot of trauma, but, you know, I, I seen it as such a, she endured this mm -hmm. and it gave me so much hope because you know, listen, y'all don't know this, but she's like super athletic. Okay. I'm just saying, uh, she, <laughs> we would be on a retreat and, and she would be up running at first thing in the morning. Everybody else is sleeping in or preparing. We were up late the night before she's out running. And, you know, do you mind if I share a little bit of that? Is that okay? No. And, but you know, because of what happened to her when she was younger, a portion, is it a portion of your lung or your, mm -hmm. your right lung? Is mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Was removed. So you yes. think about that. Okay. Think about somebody up early in the morning running and you're like, what's the farthest you've ever ran? Uh, I've run eight half marathons. That's 13 miles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So think about that y'all 13 miles. Okay. And she's missing part of a lung. 
Now, is that not an overcoming story? Now, had she not shared that, I don't know, that day I needed to hear some that no matter what's happened to you, you're going to make it through. Yeah. You know? And so, and, and over the years, you just started revealing more and more. And I'm going, look at this. Listen, guys, if you have not heard Johanna sing, you need to hear her sing. She has this an amazing, amazing, incredible voice that just like, I mean, it is powerful. And she's a psalmist and a songwriter and all this. And so when I heard you say that, I thought, wait a minute. No, I had to have heard her wrong. She's missing a portion of her lung. You know, she sings like an angel. She runs like and, I, and, you know, like, I don't know, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, all those. I don't know. Those are basketball players. I don't know if they run a lot, but some marathon people. <laughs> but yet she went through this. So whatever you might be going through today and you think that it's going to be that thing that is going to stop you from walking in your destiny, you're wrong because God uses everything. And for you doing the research and seeing the trials, the tribulations and the pressure that your grandfather went through, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, so, it was. You know, it was inspiring. Okay. Yes. Yes. Some of the most, um, I think probably the most recent hymn that people would know about him is the song that was redone. The Was it the One Fine Day? Uh, Casting Crowns called One Day. Yes. One yes. Day. Yes. Yeah. So living, living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, buried, he carried my sins far away. Yes. Uh, just a, a, a beautiful and theologically sound hymn that stood the test of time. Yes, and still being encouraging people today. So yes. I know that we don't have the best quality for sound, but can you just sing one little course of that? Just sing a little bit for me, Jojo, please. <laughs> as, as, as my friend, will you do that? I want yes, them to be so powerful your that, voice. That chorus, that chorus is living, he loved me, dying, he saved me, buried, he carried my sins far away. Do you remember that? Oh, I mean, I yeah, just got yeah. the Holy Ghost boot bumps, you know, going down my wow. leg. That is a powerful message, okay, that has stood the test of time. And, yes. and we still can be encouraged by that today. So yes. I love, love, love. Do you have any new projects going on? This book is amazing. If you all have not gotten it before, you can get it. I know that it's uh, at the local uh, publishers, Christian yep. publishers. Where else can they get the book? Uh, they can get it on Amazon. Uh, but I also have the Audible. So if you don't love to read, you can actually listen to it um, on Audible, which is awesome. It's my voice. I read, read the whole thing. Um, wow. That would be another option for those that don't want to necessarily read. I love that because uh, so many people commute a lot and they're in the car. Yes. It gives them the opportunity or they want to hear some encouragement while they're, you know, waiting on the kids at the yes. ballpark or whatever. So, yeah. so it's at audible.com, right? Yeah, I wanted to show the cover because I think uh, the cover, it means a lot, but it also says a lot. You can see the chair um, and it's empty. And so the, my idea with this, with this cover is this, I, this, this idea that we have a very short time. We think our lives are so long, but we have, they're the, the vapor the Lord talks about. It's like the mist. And one day... The chair, what I would call the metaphor for our life, it's going to be, we're not going to be sitting in that chair anymore. But what is it that we want to leave behind? Well, it, to me, it would be more than money. It would be more than leaving behind a house or leaving behind a car. It would be what I want to leave behind is the inheritance of salvation passed down from generation to generation that my kids would walk in that, whether they're healthy or sick 
or wealthy or poor. It doesn't matter to me. I want to know that that the legacy passed down would continue on through the family line more than anything else. Wow. And that I think we have a job to do in telling our story. And I think that our culture, our culture in a way has uh, glamorized the soundbite and the quick tweet and the Instagram post. But behind all of that is what I would consider volumes and volumes and volumes of the most beautiful of stories. And it's our, it's all of our journeys. Some of us getting closer to the Lord. Some of us maybe don't know him yet. And, and it's, that's part of our story. Mm. Others of us have been walking for years and years and years. And I always tell people, you know, I probably told you this, Maggie, uh, in our darkest or our deepest times, I like to say that the Lord is not done writing the story. That's right. And he doesn't, he's not selective or biased in that he's only <laughs> wanting this part to be known. It's like he wants all of it to be known. Why would he have, why would he have written about uh, Gideon and David and right. Peter? Why would he have told us the worst parts of their character? It's because he wanted to know that we weren't alone. Yes, that we were. We we had a companionship with those whose lives were equally messed up. Yes. Yes. And amen. Right. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I know, you know, my story is I always kid around and say, I could keep lifetime TV busy for months, you know, I mean, which is series and series of all kinds of things that happened yes. over the years. But you know what, you know, Jenna, I would not trade a lot of the painful things that I've gone through because it has allowed me to minister in that capacity yeah. to people that have been there. It's given me an authority in the spirit realm to, to kick the devil's butt, you know, whenever it comes in and I see that thing happening. But I'll tell you, you know, Jesus didn't tell us we we're going to have a perfect life. He said, you know, in this world, that right now where we're at in that vapor as jojo was talking about uh it's there's such a small limited amount of time but it says we're going to have troubles you know and then he goes on to tell us to cheer up though so we're going to have troubles we're to cheer up why because he overcame the world yeah. this is not our home this is our temporary place but this is why it is so important that we impart to others the truth of god's word so they can find the lord and they can grow in his faith whether it be your biological children or your spiritual children or just you know i'm telling you there is so much to learn from those that have gone before us. Mm -hmm. You know, that great cloud of witnesses going, I bet there was just a standing ovation. They're going, hey, this this young woman is writing our stories. You know, we're talking about our pain and what we went through during that time. Because, you know, when you think about Billy Graham, you know, mm -hmm. the late, great Billy Graham, what, what an amazing man of God. But that group of men, they were obedient to walk in the call. Had they not been? I don't know. I mean, we have to stop and think who would have led Billy Graham to the Lord. I'm sure the yeah. Lord would have got a hold of him somehow, but it's just so neat to, you know, hear the backstory of it and see the fruit of it. It's yeah, that's really neat. I was thinking about that idea of, um, you know, I think in the older days, people had more time to sit around the table and talk about, family and talk about history and talk yes. about the grandmother or the great grandfather or in the old days when I mean old like you know I don't know the 90s and, <laughs> and before uh, 
people were well versed in their family history. You just yes. knew. Yeah. Today, today, I don't think I don't think, uh, and I'm saying this about myself. I, I forget that I need to pass on to my kids the stories of my family. Mm -hmm. I forget because I think, oh, you know, they maybe they don't even care about great grandma, or maybe they don't. Maybe how is that going to connect? I think one of the things we could start doing is telling our kids and our grandkids old stories. Yes. Because that helps them connect their story to something beyond just today. It's like the Instagram story, it only lasts 24 hours and it's gone. Right. And that's what we are fed all the time is give me a quick, a quick, quick, quick story that will make me feel better. Well, that's not sustainable over a lifetime. But what is sustainable over a lifetime is my children knowing what their great grandfather went through to bring the gospel to the world, knowing what their granddad and their grandma, my mom and dad went through, knowing what aunts and uncles or cousins, or even knowing history, what the people of America went through yes. so that we could sit here and enjoy what we enjoy. So there is that place. I think we've lost the art of telling the story. Oh, you're so true. So Part of that is just, we don't have time. We don't make time for that. And so I'm learning that if I'm in the car with my kids, if I'm at home with my kids, I'm being prompted to tell them, oh my goodness, when I was a little girl, this happened or this happened and they laugh and they won't forget that because I don't forget the stories my grandmother told me or the stories that my grandfather told me, you know? Yes, it is so important. Uh, recently, I was I was coming down. I live in the, in the boonies. I guess I'm could say I was coming down the road, and uh, there was a cow that had gotten out of the pasture, and there was a couple people stopped to help. And this young man, I rolled down the window, and he says, he goes, "Well, howdy, ma'am," and he starts telling me. And you know how he introduced himself? He told me his name. He told me his parents' name and his grandparents' name, and I went. I was, I came home. I couldn't wait to tell Kevin. I was like, this guy knows his history. I mean, he just basically, he goes, I am the son of, and the grandson of, and I'm going, how cool is that? Wow. How often do we see that in the culture that we live in? And you know, we, it's important. We are going to repeat either the good things or the bad things of history. If we do not know, you know, out of ignorance. I know for many years I didn't when I was younger and messed up and, you know, didn't really understand the importance of genealogy or legacy and things like that. It wasn't a big deal to me. It was just like, you know, it's just I don't you know. But once I, you know, cleaned my act up, got my mind straight, uh, it started serving the Lord. It started becoming very uh, important to me to know about those that have gone before me. And I think, you know, the story where I am related to circuit riders. Yes. And uh, yeah. And that's what, when I came to Tennessee, I didn't even know, but you know, the, my family lineage was here. My grandfather was born in the County I moved into, but see, he was deceased when I was born and my mom wasn't, you know, uh, really close to the family. So therefore I didn't know a lot about him. And so, you know, I knew the, the, Parts of my family history, you know, had some lawlessness and some crazy crap and all of that. And I was, I could see how I ended up the way I did. However, when I started researching the spiritual legacy and traced it back to a great revival that took place into a city, God could have sent me anywhere. And he sent me to a demographic location where a revival took place that I was connected to. So I go out there to that land and I feel that sense of, wow, back in the days, you know, they would close down shops and they would, they would seek the Lord and they weren't looking at their watches going, you know, oh, it's time to 
we're got, better beat the lunch crowd. No, I mean, it was powerful, the, the level of faith that our forefathers had. And I think that we can learn a lot from them by reading the stories. And I encourage you guys, you got to get this book. You've got to get this book. Have you considered writing more about this topic? Yes, I have. I do love uh, biographies. I love reading uh, the history of presidents and, and countries and people. Uh, I don't I don't know that uh, I would do another book about this particular topic, um, but I do I do have an idea about uh, cathedrals and the um, different cathedrals all around the world and the significance of our lives. Uh, and what are we building? that will outlast us wow. or are we building anything that will outlast us? And I don't mean building material, although it could be that right. it is connected. If we're talking about legacy, we are building a legacy. Uh, so something on along those lines is it kind of rumbling around and in my journals right now, trying to find a, um, trying to find a spot to land, you well, know, you one thing, great, one great thing I learned, one other really big nugget I learned, uh, it was actually after writing my book, but as I was going around talking and speaking um, to different people about our story and why our story is so meaningful uh, and why it actually can help us identify our purpose, uh, I was listening to a um, podcast uh, and it was a counselor. Uh, I think counseling is really important in uncovering our stories. Uh, and I think, um, as we get more disconnected from our story, I think our, a counselor can help us reconnect. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this counselor and he said, you know, in the brain, the limbic system holds all of, and you probably know this more than I, Maggie, but the limbic system holds all of your memories and mm -hmm. all of your emotions tied to all those memories. Yes. And I thought, well, yeah, that's interesting. But then he said, when we tell our story to another person, who has their own limbic system, it actually creates an empathy from one person to the other that actually is a part of our healing. Yeah. And all this time I knew that there was this spiritual thing about telling our stories, a very deep, old, ancient idea that telling our stories is so important. But then I read about and heard about this science of telling our story and that it brings healing to yeah. our trauma when we tell our story to another person because their limbic system responds to our limbic system. And it, it just blew me away. And I thought, I've got to be onto something here. And I know other people have already figured this out and I'm just now realizing really the power of our stories. But I just thought that was so profound. But it also takes it takes a real intentionality on our parts to listen to people. And yeah. we don't do that very well as a culture. I think we could improve on, but that means kind of cutting back on our schedules and, and almost making time yeah. to hear people's stories. Absolutely. I would agree with that 100% because we live in, like you were talking about earlier, the Instagram story. We're in that drive through breakthrough real fast. Got to get it, got to go. And, and I've, I have to purposely on purpose, intentionally stop myself and say, no, Maggie, you've got to, I mean, the Lord has dealt with me about that whole thing because y'all know I move a little fast. I'm just saying <laughs> it's that whole ADHD 
nifty thing to kind of, you know, but it is important. And I think you're right. I think that when we take the time and we listen to the stories, we really find the heart of people. And your statement is so, if you guys didn't catch it, you need to catch it now that whenever you find that point of pain, you're going to find your calling because it, there's a connection there. And I remember because I was one of those people that suppressed so much. I mean, it was like, and I literally would make the statement growing up. I can remember making the statement until my thirties of, I'm just going to put that on ignore. I'm just going to pretend like that didn't happen. I literally would say that out loud. And we know the power of life and death is in the tongue, but I would say that, but my body, my brain didn't forget. Okay. I just stored it away until there was too much, so much pressure. It had to go. And my body, you know, cause if you do a lot of science with the brain and the body and emotions and trauma, it'll, your body will take that stuff on. It doesn't, it gives account. It doesn't forget. Right. And right. so we usually, a lot of people, myself uh, included, when the body starts to break down, we start to look at what happened, what went what, what, what wrong. And then we realize that we never process things and put them in their proper place. And so yet we've got to go back and deal with all that. So when I went back dealing with that and started finding parts of my story, it was so incredibly painful. And that's where you're so right about the counseling point. Listen, Lord knows where I'd be if it wasn't for counseling. I'm just saying I'm a huge advocate. I think if you have been alive longer than five years and you got a pulse, you need counseling. Just yes. I yes. mean, and, and many times, um, you know, just a good sounding coach uh, for those of you that have already dealt with your traumas will help you. But we do need someone to hold us accountable, to connect us with our stories and so forth. But it's vital. It's mm -hmm. vital because if we don't know who we are, where we've been, you know, we will not know where we're going. And I know there's, you know, you're talking about the pain. And the purpose, yeah, there is a purpose for the pain that you went through. But I know when we did, do you remember when we did our Kazones, um, the, uh, you know, finding, taking your past, yep. your spiritual gifts, your past, uh, past things, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. And using those to form your mission statement, your vision statement of who you are. And so I know when you were digging in the research and looking at these stories and then looking at your own life, it could, it connected you. Mm -hmm. to something much deeper. Yep, it, it really did. And and there's a stability in that and a, um, a security in that. There's just some stability in um, knowing where we've been and where we are right now and where we're going. I forgot to mention that I did this summer write a Bible study. I can't believe I didn't mention that. That was kind of my big summer thing. Um, I haven't uh, published it yet. It's almost ready to, I'm just going to have it on my, on my website available, but I've done videos for it. And it's all about, well, okay, I know I need to tell my story, but how actually do I, how do I do that? I think it's easy to talk about it, harder to actually put that into practice. So I wrote a five week um, kind of light, but pretty practical. And in the end of the five weeks, you have a mission statement, something that you can go back to uh, and just say, okay, in this season of my life, this is what I'm called to be doing. And, and it changes. I think yeah. our mission changes, obviously, as we, you know, we're all called to preach the gospel. There's not a time okay. in our lives when that's not going to be our mission right. or our vision statement. But there are times when you're a young mom or, or when you're working, maybe you're a doctor and you're working, you know, 70 hours a week, your, your mission statement might change. And so yeah. I love it. It's five weeks. It starts out with just uncovering the, the painful parts of your story and then figuring out uh, what you're doing now and where you want to go. And so maybe we can make that link. I'll, I'll 
somehow make that link available, Maggie, with you later on or something like that. Yes. So it's not live yet, but it's coming up, right? Yes, it's coming up. Going to be a digital download, or is yes. that going to do, okay? Gotcha. Yes. So listen, you guys, and and be watching for updates of things coming out because this is really powerful. And we're going to put our website in the link so right. that you can um, go back and check that out. If you are watching this on Creative um, Motion TV, uh, go check out my YouTube because you can get the link on there. Well, actually, tell them tell them so they can write it down. Um, Johanna, what is the website? So it's um, johannamackin.com. And there, I'm working on a new um, website, and it's called the Story Study. The Story mm-hmm. Study. Yep, I like that's that. the name of the that's the name of the Bible study. Gotcha. Um, I believe it's I believe it's .com. I think I I um I got my website domain name settled, so I think it's .com. I'll let you know. Yes, yes, I love it. I absolutely love it. So listen, if you were thinking that. Um, you know, I can never tell my story. I encourage you when this down digital download comes out, you need to order it because we all need to know. We need to know how to communicate because it's your testimony. Yeah. And, and, you know, it talks about in the book of Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we need to at least have some basic practical steps of how we can communicate this is where I was, but this is where God took me because we all have those God stories. And if you don't have a God story or if you do not know the Lord, please reach out to myself or jo- Johanna. We would love to share the gospel message with you because it is only because of him that we wake up every morning. He gives us breath in our lungs to do what we're called to do. And, you, you know, whatever you have heard about the Lord uh, is his his word is where you will find his truth. So I encourage you, get a Bible, reach out to us. We would love to talk to you about our friend Jesus. So <laughs> so I would be amiss if I didn't talk about your music. Now, I know you've been busy with writing and I know you're an educator and you've got three teenagers and you, you know, you've got a husband. Her husband is the founder of Soldier's Child. I'm going to have him on here too soon. I want to I want to interview uh, Daryl because such an impactful ministry that is reaching the lives of many. But she's a very, very busy woman. But. What are you, where are you at music wise? I know you're doing worship. I seen you did worship at the house of prayer the other night. I know that you, you know, you do worship occasionally. Are you writing anything? Uh, I am, I am writing a little bit, but uh, I know here's, it's a really beautiful time uh, because the Lord uh, is teaching me uh, the value of personal, private, intimate worship. And Preach, talk, talk to us. Talk to us about that. I think he loves this. I know he loves this best of all. When we can face a trial or we are riddled with fear or we're disappointed and down, downcast. I don't know about anyone else, but, you know, there's just a lot of disappointment I think we're carrying. And mm-hmm. sure. um, with the, the loss of my dad a few months ago, uh, the Lord has been asking me and calling me and I have been wanting to. It's like, would you meet, would you meet with me? Mm-hmm. No stage, no live cameras, no people. Would you meet with me alone and just sing to me? And so uh, I have my grandfather's piano right behind, right behind me here. And I have found uh, some of the most intimate and transformative moments are just me playing on my piano for the Lord, singing whatever the songs on my heart are. And uh, it's a it's a unique, I think I, my heart is, my heart holds heaven differently after losing my dad. I, I sing now and it's, I don't know, 
if you've experienced this, Maggie, but it's like I can hear my dad uh, singing from the cloud of witnesses. Mm. And, and it's, it's life-giving in a way I've never known before. And so if the Lord calls me to, to lead worship on a larger stage at some point, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I've been refined and purified mm. in the shadows. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like, that's where, if I can't worship alone mm. in, in my home, on my piano, when I'm full of fear or when I'm full of grief, if I can't worship then, I don't want, I don't want to give worship somewhere else if I can't do it in the privacy of my own home it, mm-hmm. with my own broken heart. That's so good. That's so good. That's so therapeutic. And be having that audience of one, you know, and that intimacy. And it's something that, you know, a lot of people struggle with intimacy with the Lord. Can you give them maybe a few insights on how to connect? Even those that are maybe not musicians, they can't pour out your heart on the piano. Um, what do you do in your study time? I mean, can you get, you're such a good teacher. I just want to utilize this time uh, real quick and pull some nuggets out of you and share you with the, the audience because, there is a lack of intimacy. And I think a lot of times it comes from fear mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. So what would you say to the person listening today that is going, man, I just don't know how to get intimate with the Lord? Well, I, I would uh, first of all say that it takes uh, knowing that you are loved. Mm. It just, you can't have intimacy with someone when you don't know that you're safe or that you're loved. Mm-hmm. And that would go with humans. We can't be intimate with people that we don't think have our best interest in mind or that don't love us, that aren't going to run away when they know all of us, when they know everything about us. And so I think that's our biggest human fear for me. It is, I don't know about for the audience, but will they stay when they find out who I really am? Mm -hmm. And honestly, some people won't and some people will. And the ones that will are the ones you want in your (laughs) life anyway. Right. But, but the, the word of, of the Lord he says over and over, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. And he knows. He knows more about you than you know about you. And he he will not run away. He just cannot do that because he made you. That's right. And so it's almost like we have to settle in our hearts this issue of love and rejection and and the orphan, you know, the orphan mentality or yes. the the son and daughter the reality that we are sons and daughters of the King. I just think we have to set you, you can't have an intimate relationship with the Lord without settling first and foremost, who you are. Yeah. And I, I love that story, Maggie, about the boy that introduced you. And he said, I am the son of, you see, he knows who he is. Yes. Yeah. And I, I bet very much that he has a very intimate relationship with those people. Yes. And so I think some of it is figuring out who we are. And sometimes that just takes opening up the word, but it also takes us going to someone and saying, can you remind me of who I am? Yes. For me too, it's sometimes I just need to listen to a song that I love and it get, it helps me quiet my soul. I, I do love old hymns. I love um, my Jesus. I love thee. I know thou art mine. Sing um, it. Do you know that song? <laughs> My Jesus, I love thee. Oh. I know thou art mine. For thee, all thy follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, 
Um, oh, if ever oh. I thou, if ever I love thee, my Jesus is now. I sometimes have to just listen to what I consider the most beautiful songs. Yes. Music, I think, for all of us brings us to a place of intimacy. Yes. And so, you know, we can all have, we all have access to, to beautiful songs. So I would say, put on one of your favorite praise songs or a, a contemporary Christian song that just reminds you of the truth. I think music just has a way of opening up our hearts. Yeah. But then I would say, open up the word and just say to the Lord, I don't know how to be a friend with you, but I want to. Right. Will you teach me how to be a friend? And and I just believe the Lord hears that prayer and he just responds to that kind of a prayer that says, I don't know how to do this, but I want to grow. Uh, and you'll find that the word will come alive. I journal a lot. I'm, I'm, I write letters as if he's talking to me. And then I write letters back responding. Um, but that's been a lifetime of giving him time to hear and then time for him to speak. Mm. Um, but I also think those great stories of old will rekindle in us some of that intimacy that if he could do that for them, he can do that for me. Yes. So journaling, yeah. listening to songs, opening up the word. Um, you know, I have a couple favorite devotions. My utmost for his highest is probably my all time favorite. My husband's reading that right now. So good. He'll read me out of it. And I oh. read it years ago, but it's like, it's all new. So. Yeah, every time it's new streams in the desert. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Every moment. Holy, just some beautiful devotions that um, help me too. But I think journaling uh, and obviously reading the word are, are really good ways and reaching out to people yeah. that, you know, that could perhaps pray for you in a moment when you don't feel or you're not sure what's going on in your own heart, just reach out to someone and say, I, I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? Love um, it. Having a, a friend to walk through life with that's equally yoked in your faith, I think is so, so important. Vital. These are amazing keys. So if you were to leave them with one last key, Jojo or Johanna, I'm sorry, I keep calling you Jojo. So oh, that's okay. Her, Johanna, you find her at johannamackin.com. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but if there was a one last key that you would like to leave the viewers with, what would it be? You know, I think the, I don't know if this is a key, but this is an observation. I think the, the, um, the ability to look at, uh, your life to examine your life mm. and to see where you are i think 2021 the beginning of 2021 would be a really good time to examine your life and and to have courage to look back on things that you might have been afraid of for a long long time and you don't want to look at those things mm. i think this would be a good year to look back on some things that maybe have terrified you about your past maybe wow. they have paralyzed you or maybe you're just not living in truth because you're hiding. Uh, I would say, pick one of those things, look at it. And, and maybe as you're looking at it, say, Lord, I don't know what to do with this thing, but it won't go away. And I need it to, to go to where you've called me to go. I guess that's what I'm encouraging you to do is to have bravery, have courage to just look at one thing in your past and call it what it is and do a little bit of work around that. And I think you'll find some freedom, but you'll also find a new, a new life and a new power to move forward. I, that's what I, that's kind of the crucible I've been in for the past few years. And I'm finding a boldness 
that I haven't had before. Oh. And, and so I would encourage you to do that. Wow. Listen, I'm a huge advocate of self-evaluation. Yeah. You know, I usually try to, I, I do it a lot at the close of a year so that I don't carry things into the next season. But at the first of the year is the best time to look at it, you know, because listen, we can only go as far as we will allow ourselves to, and we can only get as closest to Jesus as we will allow ourselves to. I, I the Lord recalled in my memory when you were talking one time when you and I were at a retreat and I just got such a revelation, you know, all throughout the scriptures, we hear, you know, him call us the beloved, you know, the beloved. And I remember you and I talking and you were going, just be loved, be loved, the beloved. And it's so these we read these things and they seem so simple, but until they resonate in your spirit and you really, really know that he loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he's not going to stop loving you. So thank you, Johanna, for being You're on welcome. the show with me today. Y'all make sure you check out your website, order her book right now and be looking for the download of that. It is absolutely something that you need to have uh, in your toolbox because you need to understand the stories of those that have gone behind and you need to be able to tell yours. God bless you guys. See you thank next you. time.